Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. And always, thank you for everybody that tunes in, like I said, on Blog Talk Radio. And like I always say before every show, you can check out the podcast on the TuneIn Radio app. All you got to do is download it on your Apple or Android devices. It's that simple uh, on your Google Play, Apple Store. No, iTunes Store, excuse me, iTunes Store. Download the TuneIn Radio app. Search the TSL podcast there. Give us a follow. We really appreciate you guys doing that. We got a great show for everyone today as we're going to be talking about those uh, Philadelphia 76ers as we are at the end, as we are at the uh, end of the first half of the season forward to the quintessential second half of the season as we are officially at the all-star break in there, but there's a lot to talk about with the, uh, with the Sixers. So we're going to get it underway here. Joining us on the podcast, he's been on here. Uh, he's been on here many times before. Uh, he was just on, I want to say a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Chip Kelly and uh, company. Adil Royster is joining us here on the podcast. You guys might know him from the famous Monday Morning Conversation, which is on Block Talk, uh, SoundCloud, <laughs> TotalSportsLive.com. It's on. It's pretty much on everything. And, you know, we had to get him for Sixers Talk. Had to get him for Sixers Talk. You know, that's not true. It's not on all of those things. It's just on Total Sports Live. <laughs> There's a Total Sports Live exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> you're right about that. It definitely that is the uh that that definitely is the exclusive right there. And also, before we get underway talking about Sixers, joining us also on this show is my co host, the one and only Angela Montoni, who came in second today on the phone line. The deal beat her to the punch today. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Listen, well, some things have hello. to Well, hello. Okay, listen. I guess, I guess someone, so we have to come in second every now and then, so. Okay. He's already okay, starting. Okay, big just... brother. God damn it. Can't even get five minutes in without you just starting the ribbing. That's nice. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day to you, too, Angela. It's Valentine's Day, you know. Good Lord. <laughs> You're like... I don't know. You're like Charlie Brown, and I'm like Lucy Van Pelt. It's just, it's just how it works. It works. Yeah, but sooner or later, I'm actually going to kick that football, so just keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> I can't pull it out fast enough. 
Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely so, going to be a, a type to see. <laughs> so why why did you start the show off all, like, somber and, like, depressed that we're talking about Sixers? Like, it's not a bad thing, man. Like, like well, I'm not, well, well, be hype well, well, a little I'm bit. Not, Jesus. I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm, not psych- I'm not I'm not somber about the Sixers. I think I'm, like, fighting off a cold or something like that because I've been having the sniff the past couple of days. So I think I'm right. fighting off a cold or something like that. I'm not actually somber about the Sixers. I'm actually looking forward to uh, doing this show. Um, I'm take I'm take I'm taking your approach, Adia, which is you know we record this show and then release the link to the masses after we record. <laughs> you know, pulling one of your that's numbers. Dangerous. You know. Oh, all right. It, <laughs> that's why. That's why Angela called in second. That's why. That's why. Can I alert her at ten o'clock that we are you know the the about the link? But then I said, you know what? Let's let's try the Adia way and you know just roll with it that way. It's just it's just the deal way. It's not necessarily the correct way. I'm just just putting that out there. Well, when it comes <laughs> to gambling, the deal way is the correct way. Straight cash money. Well, well I, listen, true. if you're trying to win some Benjamin, you know, I mean, if you if you were betting with the Royster brothers all season, like you made money. Christmas was good <laughs> to you folks. That money, power, truth. respect. I'm just saying. That that's what it was in uh, the in uh, the entire football season. And also, before we even talk Sixers, Jalil is joining us <laughs> on the uh, on the podcast. So the whole crew is here, minus Kurt. But that's oh, okay, Jaleel. even though he's like, a, even though he's a religious Sixers fan, but it's okay. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. Just just trying to come down off the emotional high that was tonight's Walking Dead episode, but that's not for this podcast. No, no, and I said I still have I still have Shameless on my DVR. It's been a very flavor of love, rock of love. I love New York weekend. I've been reliving the golden oh age God. of VH1. Oh, it's been oh my God! Oh my God! Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I made them. Pl- I, I made them watch that stuff in Pub Thirty Six all day today. It was my shift. Nope, we're watching trashy VH1 reality TV. The way it's gonna go down. That little respect, that little sliver of respect that I had for you, it's, it's just gone now. It's it's gone. It's, it's, it's out the window. Like, sliver of respect. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Dio. We've been friends long enough where it should have been a lot bigger than a sliver of respect. And it's my thing. Let it go. All right, I'll, I'll I'll grant you that I was big into the Jersey Shore before it got you know stupid. Oh God, I never I, listen as 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 a proud Dago. I was I <sighs> they did not represent us well. We do not we do not take kindly to uh to to words Cirilla that Jew would said. be considered disparaging. Okay. <laughs> I think it's time to really Italians. They're a, they're a whole different a whole different animal. No, no derogatory terms for any race. Like, let's 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 put a pin in that. Listen, yeah. I can say that go. I am one. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Disclaimer. I use the term anybody, here so I the way things go, man. Disclaimer. Um, anybody listening to this podcast, please do not be offended, and please do not send us hate mail or hate emails or hate tweets. We really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please send all of your being supportive. Right. 
Please send all of your hate postings to facebook.com slash backslash Angela Caitlin dot Montoni. That's with an I, not a Y. It's with an I, not a Y. Just just letting you guys know that. All right, let's will let's let's bring this back in. Talking about those Sixers, we're at the All Star break. The Sixers are eight and forty five. The past last past games this week, they have lost leads, and it's been kind of the uh, it's been kind of the tone of the season, having big leads and losing them, or playing a team against the Warriors, coming back on them, and then eventually losing the last seconds. But starting off with a deal, what has been your overall? Your overall thoughts on this season for the Sixers? You're eight and forty-five, but it's not like eight and forty-five that have passed. If you know what I mean. You know, it's it's weird how it's weird my take on the Sixers because you have to consider the two different periods of the season. There's right. before IS and there's after IS. IS being Ishmith. Um, this team kind of took off a little bit once Ishmith got here. Agreed. They were they were immediately like respectable. They had a 500 record for a while, but that kind of went by the wayside, obviously, because you know the the talent just isn't there. But mm-hmm. I will I will give this team a solid uh, C plus grade just because of the simple okay. fact that they bring it every night and they're always they never not have – there's never a game where they don't have fight. They're always in it for the most part unless they're playing, like, San Antonio. Like, that that game was just – I, I could only watch maybe, like, two quarters of that. That was, a, that was the a Golden The Golden State game was just proof positive of the kind of heart this team has. And I'm really hoping that the national media is, like, keeping a record of this and just the whole losing culture thing. Sorry, boys. It doesn't exist. It does not exist with this team. Sure, we're 8-45, and 45, but we don't have the heart of a team that is 8-45. Uh, and 45. Like, we had like – the Sixers, this team has a lot of heart for a team that's, that doesn't have 10 wins yet. No, you're definitely uh, you're definitely right about that. And uh, and you talk about the national media. I think uh, this past week I got the uh, I got I got that follow from Matt Morris, CBS basketball blogger, guy of Harrow Prox and stuff. You know, at the link, you know, the link will be out there, and you know, Matt can take a listen to it. And since we uh, mentioned the uh, the poor, the national media aspect of it, so we got a deal giving the Sixers a solid C plus greeting, uh, Jalil. Do you agree with a, a deal grade of a C plus? Do you think it's going to be higher, a little bit lower? What do you think about this team so far? Because like Adil said, they're eight and forty-five, but it's two different eras that we have seen this season. You can even say before Colangelo and after Colangelo, and then after Colangelo. <laughs> yeah, I I actually think that that would be the more appropriate way to put it. Uh, it, it is more so like before and after Colangelo because I don't think that. Uh, the Ish Smith move was a Sam Hinkie move, and I don't think it's going to be the last Colangelo move that we see going forward. But um, I think the most interesting part about this team is how, you know, I mean, last year, yeah, it's so interesting how, you know, 8-45, and 45, even if we were 8-45 and 45 at some point last year, it was so much mm-hmm. worse than it is this year. You know what I mean? This year, 
it's like you're in more games. It is a little bit more exciting. I mean, attendance at Sixers game has actually picked up a little bit. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, people are starting to see these games, and it's like, you know what, they're, they're kind of in these games. They're, they're not winning, and, and literally it's for two different reasons that they're not winning at the end of games. But, I mean, they're not winning, but they're in these games for most of the time, unless you're talking about like, right. games where they're completely out, outmatched for the entire game, you know, like those – Spurs games and stuff like that, but um, I have seen some impressive victories. I mean that that I I personally think that that win over the Trailblazers was pretty good a while back. Very. You know what I mean? I that was that was a pretty impressive win in my opinion. Um, but yeah, if I had to put grade on it, I'd say I, I wouldn't go C plus because that would that's a little too high for me. I, if I gave last year an F, then this year is definitely like a C minus D plus. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I don't want to give them too much credit. The talent is there. They're going in the right direction. But you've got to do it for more than one year in order to get there. So I want to, you know, I want to, for right now, they're headed in the right direction, absolutely. But, again, you know, it, it's not like they, they could have did much worse. So. Okay, okay. And, Angela, you're going to, you're going to round, you're going to end us off with your response on who should be greeted. And after that, we're going to, Touch on the topic that me and Adil have been going back and forth about, and so have Sixers uh, fans everywhere on Twitter been talking about. So, Angela, what is your grief for the season? What do you think the Sixers have improved on, and you know, going forward? I I would give them a C plus, and I mean, uh, for obvious reasons that have been stated. But I also have to point out the frustration, the fact that Ish Smith really could have been re-signed for next to nothing. And then they had to go and trade for him. So, I mean, I already go C-plus based on that frustration factor alone where it was, I think it was kind of a mistake for letting him go and then having to give up things to get him. Whether or not it, it's something that's going to hinder them in the in the long run, I just think it was a bad, a bad move. Like, it was bad foresight. And But, I mean, I still give them a C-plus. Like, Adia's right. They have shown a lot of effort and a lot of fight. And they've... I mean, they make me excited for the next, like, few years. Hopefully, you know, they get a decent drastic and all. But, I mean, I, yeah, C-plus, C-plus is what I give them. So yeah, let's move on to that next fixer's topic, which I'm pretty sure I know what it is. So, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Now, the, only, <laughs> so got, the only thing I will say, the only thing I will say about the Sixers, and it will be about one specific individual, I'm – a little bit disappointed in Nick Stauskas, not going to lie. I thought mm-hmm. he would be a lot better than what he is. Um, don't get me wrong, like Hollis has been very good this season, shooting about 39% from three. I really thought that Nick would crack the starting lineup as a starting two guard. I is I don't know if his confidence is down. I don't know if he's just he's not working into the offense the right way, but there's just something there that just, doesn't really make sense when you have a big man like Okafor down low who can draw a double team if he's hot, and he's got the basketball IQ. He can make those passes, and if Smith is out there averaging about eight, eight assists a game, it's kind of it's kind of confusing as to why Stauskas is only averaging about 24 minutes a game. I I just don't get it, but that's maybe that's just me. I don't know. Nobody on the no, team really no. averages that many minutes. I mean, Okafor averages thirty minutes himself, so and he could be playing much more than that, you know. So they go, they go like eleven, they go ten, eleven deep sometimes. 
and Nick Stiles, because he was injured at some point, you know, and then he was injured for a little bit and earlier in the year. He didn't get a chance to mold with the team a little bit. He got sure. thrown into the fire, and then he got hurt again. You know what I mean? He's, I, I feel like a training camp would really be useful for him. No, that's definitely that's a great point that you bring about Stavskis. Stavskis, excuse me, because I've been kind of disappointed in him as well. I was thinking in my mind, you know, maybe he should send Stavskis down to the D League to get his shot fixed and get his offense cooking. Maybe bring up a Sean Kilpatrick and Jordan McRae. But you know, it happens. We'll we'll see if he fixes it in the second half. They need to because you know, well, they need for him to fix it, but he hasn't. You know, it didn't cost him a lot to get him per se. So. You know, Hanky fleeks the Kings, you know, but that's everybody. Everybody fleeks the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the topic that has been a topic of, like, Sixers Twitter. It's been a topic that me and the deal have sussed thoroughly, and it's kind of key. Um, the two young big men, Norlands Noel, Jaleel Okafor. Okafor has uh, averaged 17.1 points per game, 7.4 rebounds. Uh, and that's uh, 1.2 assists per game. Well, has his scoring has gone up to 10.8 points per game. Rebounds is up to 8.2. Uh, even his assists are pretty much the same at 1.6. And the Wells, uh blocks have dropped uh, by a third to 1.6. But the question is, you know, these two young guys are progressing. Joel Embiid is still on the shelf. Dario Sarge is supposedly supposedly going to uh, come over this uh, this summer. Comfortable moving. One of these two big men, because there are many sick, there are some Sixers fans out there that believe that these two guys can't coexist with each other. I'm going to leave the floor open to you guys and just let you guys and just let everybody hammer it away. So, sorry, I guess I'll I was, start then. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, go no, you got it, Julio. Okay, uh, I would move anyone. I think that if I don't think it, I don't think you can make an accurate, informed, good trade unless you know exactly what you have. And the Sixers mm-hmm. don't know what they have right now. They just don't. They don't know. I mean, you know, unless you're going to move Noel, um, then I really don't see what it is that you're trying to do. And in my opinion, it wouldn't be smart to move Noel because he's the only legitimate four on your team. Neither Luka four or Embiid can play the four position. And I get into so many arguments over this, and they always ask me, why can't he? Why can't they? Why can't they? Well, okay, the, the reason they can't play the four position is because of their lateral quickness. They cannot move out to that out. There's so many stretch fours in this game now. You're going to have to be able to go out, defend that, defend that mid-range, defend the long two, defend the three at times, you know, Noel's the only guy who we can put on a guy like a Ryan Anderson, a Blake Griffin. You know, those guys can shoot. They can they can go inside. They can bang down there. Noel's a defensive guy. I mean, Embiid can't do that. Okafor can't do that. You know what I mean? And 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 Sark. I mean, you know, the guy from overseas. I, I don't even. I don't. I'm not even that impressed with him. You know, I, I said that before. I mean, Joe knows that very well. I'm not very impressed with him. As it is, I wasn't impressed with them when we drafted him. But, you know, I, I don't think that you can make a, a great trade or I don't think you can move anyone without knowing exactly what you have. Because, I mean, who's to say that we don't trade, you know, somebody and then Noel and, and then, I'm sorry, and then Embiid never comes back. 
full health. You know, then we just got rid of that asset, you know, depending on this guy, and then we're going to lose him too. That's losing two assets for the, you know, and, and getting not much in return. So I, I just think that we got to wait another year before we can even consider moving somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, something you were saying about um, the four and the five positions, I think you have to look at it from different. You have to look at it from each half of the court. Um, offensively, I think that Nerlens and Okafor can play together on the offensive side. Um, if you basically stick Okafor down low in the box, let him do his thing, and then just have Nerlens kind of float around. They've been experimenting with Okafor at the four in the offensive half-court sets, and it's been working pretty well. And as far as defensively, it's pretty easy to cover that. All you basically have to do is assign Nerlens to the more athletic um, big man. So, for example, if you're playing – bad example, but if you're playing the Pelicans, you would probably stick Nerlens on Ryan Anderson to have him float out on the wings with him and then let Jaleel Okafor and Anthony Davis go at it, which probably isn't the best idea because Anthony Davis is um, way too quick. Um you could you could dangle Okafor out there this year, but the return would have to be something I don't want to say substantial, but it has to be it has to be something that would at least make sense. There's one trade that I was floating out uh, a couple of days ago, I want to say it was where basically the Sixers and Lakers would swap the picks that were made this year. We would get D'Angelo Russell, they would get Jalen Okafor, but here is the added cherry on top. The Lakers pick that we have would become unprotected. That would be that such is a, a trade, bad trade dude. <laughs> that is a trade Why I would, would you do. Why would for? That would be a trade I would do 100 times out of 100 because when you look at this draft and Ooh. you see the possibility that we could get – Ben Simmons, and maybe Jamal Murray, maybe Bobby Heald, maybe Chris Dunn, if we can get both of those guys in the same draft, we are pretty much set for the next There is nobody in this draft that is as good as Okafor. No one. No one in this draft is as good as Okafor. from From a pure center standpoint, yes. There is no one that matches Okafor's uh, offensive game set. But from a talent level, there is plenty of talent in this draft from picks one through five. There's plenty of talent there. And no, if you Okafor can have is the one to the two, last pick, man. I, if you ahead, can have two guys from that draft in, in this upcoming draft with those first five picks – I'm not saying it would be a good idea, but it would be something that I would be okay with if the return for Okafor would be, for example, Ben Simmons and Jamal Murray. Because then next year you're going into a season with, let's say they get Jamal Murray, so you're looking at Ish, Jamal Murray at the two, Covington, Ben Simmons at the four, and then Nerlens at the five. And Dario Saric coming over is not going to be much of a problem because it's simple fact that Dario Saric can play both the three and the four positions. So he will get uh-huh. he will get time in the lineup. So he's not the one I'm worried about. The one I'm most worried about is Embiid. Like, one, is he healthy? Two, 
what is that? What is that? What is that? What is his injury going to do to his like game plan? Is he going to be willing to like bang down low? Is he going to be willing to like get nasty and dirty like on those nights where he has to face guys like like a Mark Gasol, like an Anthony Davis, like a Hassan Whiteside, like? Is he going to be comfortable moving around and doing all that? We've seen it with Paul George this year. He's got, like, no fear, and he's making it work. But, I mean, Joel Embiid is seven foot two, three hundred and three hundred and ten pounds now, and it's, like, more muscle than this kid has ever had. Like, I don't know how his body's going to respond to that. That's a great point. Let's get Angela in this conversation. Well, no, I mean, I think they should hold on to both of them for as long as they can and see how they progress. I think right now it's, like, way too soon to make that call. I think Ogafor is not even through his entire rookie year, and they're talking about getting rid of him because they don't think the two of them can play together. I, know, I just think honestly, it's way too soon to make that call. I think they need to, like, let it progress a little bit. I, I think Ogafor is getting. I think Ogafor is getting the most trade buzz because he would probably bring back the most value. He would probably bring back the biggest haul. Like I don't know how much you're gonna get for somebody like Nerlens, who pretty much translates right now to Serge Ibaka, but without a jump shot. Like he doesn't have Serge Ibaka's knockdown mid-range jumper yet. Like he doesn't have. If he had that, it would be a totally different story. But with Okafor, you can get something back for him because he's you don't see you don't see a big man with Okafor's skill set coming into the league that often. But you're willing to trade him away. I, the reason I disagree is because you, I mean we both we all know and agree that Okafor. You don't see someone a rookie with the ability to come in with that offensive. With that offensive arsenal, I mean, the guy is, I mean, you know, the guy's going out there, he's averaging 17 points, and in half the year, we didn't have a point guard. You know what I mean? It's just, you if you just watch the game, the way, I mean, and you just watch the way he plays, you, he's easily the best player on the floor for the Sixers at any point in time. And in my opinion, you don't take a 19, I mean, he's, what is he, 20 years old right now? You know what I mean? He's coming in averaging, averaging seventeen and seven with almost with almost no talent around him. Come on, man! That's not something that you got to be willing to trade away. You got to develop that. You got to you got to you want to build around that. You know what I mean? There's not Okafor is literally what? How, oh man! Okay, get to work. I hear Jalil. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> Believe me, I do. But this would be my only counter, and like that, this would be where I would end my particular argument. Um, if you're trying to win a championship, you have to look at the last, I want to say, decade of winners. And I'm going to be perfectly honest, in the last 10 years, none of the NBA champions had a dominant center. It has always, it has been from the outside in, as opposed to like the 1980s and the early to mid-1990s. The last team that won a championship with a dominant big man was the 2002 Lakers, and that's only because they had Shaq. Um, I mean, what do you consider dominant, though? Because uh, I think the Spurs had a dominant big... I, I think the Spurs have had dominant big men for a while. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, this Paul Gasol was, wasn't a pushover when he was winning chips with the Lakers. They got two. I, would, I mean, I would KG come, played center with the Celtics. Those are dominant would, big men to me. 
I would come I would come back with that by saying that the Lakers won those championships more because of Kobe than Powell. I mean, you think they would have won it without him? I don't think they would have made the playoffs without Powell, to be honest. But in those finals, it was it was that those playoff runs. It was pretty much the Kobe Bryant show. He was out there trying to prove that he could win without Shaq. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not disproving that at all. I'm just saying, you know, Powell was a pretty good part of that. You don't get a lot of big men that can go out there and drop twenty, and Okafor can do it in his sleep. This is what I don't want. This is what I don't want to happen, though. I don't want us to become the Memphis Grizzlies. They have somebody like Powell Gasol. They have somebody like Marcus All, but they have not done much with him because they don't have the wings. And nowadays, you have to have wings. Wings mean rings in today's NBA. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. You have to. You have to have quality at the wing positions, and then build from that. Memphis tried to I do agree. it. Memphis tried to do it the old school way with Marcus All and Zach Randolph, and just beat people up down low. But it wasn't. It wouldn't work a whole lot because they would run into like the Oklahoma City Thunder, or they would run into. Uh, recently, Golden State. They would get. They would just get thrashed by teams that have. Very good wings and force them to play small. And I agree Memphis with you. Memphis is I, just not. I just don't. I, I just I don't want to be Memphis. I just don't want to be Memphis. Yeah, but I mean, it, and you're right. Wings equal rings at this point in time. But I also say that it's way easier to find a good wing than it is to find a good big man. And you I definitely would agree with cannot that. discount that. You cannot discount that. I don't think that trading Okafor will be a good idea. I mean, he's played 50 games. You know what I mean? I, I'd hold on to him for a little longer than that, you know, because his, his value is only going to go up. If you want to trade him in year three, we've got him here for four years. You know what I mean? Let his value shoot up. You still want to trade him? Okay, let's see what you can get. But trading him 50 games in, I don't know about that. And I'm glad that, you know, that I'm glad, like, I'm glad we're having this conversation because it, it was something – I read something contrary to this point, you know, about wings winning rings, you know, me and rings, and, you know, the big man is not dominating anymore. I think I read a story on a real gym about this, and it was talking about how, and this is totally off topic, just, you know, a quick interjection, what, you were, what y'all were talking about. It was talking about how the Oklahoma City Thunder, how when they were, how when they were coming up, they were building with big men. Stephen Adams, the Ennis Cantors, you know, they were building with big men to try to compete with the Lakers when the Lakers had Gasol and Bynum, you know, when he had those big men. They were building to compete with them. And now the tide has turned to where, they do not have the pieces on the wings to defend teams like the Golden State Warriors. So I just thought that was interesting, you know, piece that I read that kind of correlates to, you know, what we are, you know, what, what you guys are talking about. Great discussion from everybody on that topic. I think it's definitely something we'll be keep, on, uh, keep our eye on and talking about throughout the regular season and in the offseason. And when it's draft time, I definitely think it's going to be a lot of options where Sixers can go in the top five. In the offseason and free agency, to be honest with you, which leads me to this. Just we got about uh got about fifteen, fourteen or so odd minutes left here for podcast. You know, last 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 uh question topic I'm gonna bring up for you tonight for everybody is that ever since the Sixers brought in Jerry Colangelo, the Sixers have been playing pretty well basketball. Um, you know, what are let's start I'm gonna start off with Angela, you know, we're just gonna go around. You know, what are you, what are, what is everybody's thoughts on Colangelo thus far? 
you know, pretty much running the show when you know he wants to bring in more basketball minds, and he's and it looks like he's eager to turn the ship around. And you never know, this team in the next couple of years could be landing themselves a big conference agent very soon. Sorry with Angela. Well, I think that Colangelo was brought in. Like I think he was brought in with the with the advisement of the NBA because I think they were tired of the tank. And he's just a good basketball mind. He's got a really impressive resume in the league, and you know, hinky not so much. So, you know, you went from someone who doesn't really know what they're doing running the show to having the advisement of someone who you know knows how to form a team. And I think the results have have shown themselves immediately. Great point, Adia. I I was okay with the Colangelo hire under the simple caveat that he does not rush the process. I don't want him to spend to overspend on a free agent that makes little to no sense why that particular person would garner that much money. Like for instance, if he were to give Harrison Barnes a mass contract, that would seriously that would seriously uh, undermine my faith in a guy like Colangelo. But well, so far, like he's made, yeah, like, like, like an Al Farouk Aminu type deal for Harrison Barnes, who what? hasn't been what? What? outside. Aminu only got, I think Amino only got four years, $30 million, I think, per se, which isn't bad and, for a Barnes because we, we got to think TV money is going to factor in a lot coming up. Not bad, not bad for Barnes, but like if he offers him like a max contract, I'm not with that at all because we right. don't know right. how good Harrison Barnes is outside the Golden State system. Agreed. If he takes, if as long as he's if he's smart, uh, we're not going to have any problems. But the second he starts making moves, where I'm just like, oh, okay, I don't know about that one. And then the second straight one, I'm going to be down at Sixers headquarters just looking for Jerry Colangelo with a black baseball bat, just, like, knocking on the door. Oh, snap. <laughs> don't, don't rush things, Jerry. That's all I ask. Like, I like, I like bringing back Ish Smith. Mike D'Antoni, is, Mike D'Antoni is nice. I'm sure he's a nice dude, um, and that's, that's fine. Um, his... His name rhymes with my co-host here, so I'm sure he's a good dude. So I'll just give you the benefit of the doubt. Way to throw that in there. Hey, I had to. Mm. You know, I, I I like the idea of bringing in different people to uh, to help run the ship. I mean, that's kind of what's going on in uh, Golden State. You know, they got like a couple different mm-hmm. hands in there. Um, I know Jerry West was one of the, is the main person that really put that together, but uh, I mean he was he was actually questions around the league is what from what I read and, and um, the same thing is what was going on when um, when the um, who was it when the Clippers were making all those deals you know what I mean I know their GM was was the one pulling the strings but I heard that you know he had a couple different hands behind him. Um, so I, I I think that it would be a really great idea. Oh, and and definitely the Bucks also had a couple different hands in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it will be a great idea to have a bunch of opinions. I I I don't want it to be uh, um, I don't want there to be uh, so many strong opinions though that you know <clears throat> they start disagreeing with each other. Well, they start disagreeing with each other and you know they and they lose perspective on what they're trying to accomplish because I know that they try to make 
you know, sometimes you make trades and you try to make everybody happy, but what you end up with is a team full of talent that, and there's really no, no, uh, there was no strategy in trying to put the team together. I right. like how LeBron's teams end up a lot. So I mean, I, mm-hmm. so I, 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 um, I agree with the the idea of having multiple stra- of having multiple people in the strategy room. So I would go with that. No, you're right about that. And one thing that, you know, that stands out to me between Hinky and Colangelo is that, you know, Colangelo is actually going to be able to get in the door to talk to some of these agents, you know, and be able to talk to some of these bigger-name guys, not so much a Hinky, because, you know, what I've read, you know, is that Hinky and agents just don't mesh that well with each other. Something just doesn't work out between the two parties. I think it basically boils down to the fact that the agent is working for his client and then the and then Hanky is working for the team. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's never like two minds that are working for the same thing. I think that's right. I think that's generally the hang up there. And you know what? These these agents need to just get over themselves. Like some of them like if you're if your age if your if your client is not that great, but you're asking for a max deal or like a high paying deal, you mm-hmm. kind of have to be prepared to get laughed at. No, you're right. I mean, John Wall is still griping that Reggie Jackson has more, is making more money than him. <laughs> Just, and that's a gripe that, you know, that Wall yeah. has this entire season. And John yeah, Wall needs to relax. <laughs> And John Wall needs to relax because neither of those guys are making the playoffs, so it doesn't really matter at this point. <laughs> it is the principle, though. No, no, no point guard should be making that much more than John Wall, who isn't that good. I mean, you know what I mean? So Reggie Jackson is not as good as John Wall. They're not in the same sentence. Absolutely not. In the same category, so he shouldn't be making more. It was a bad decision on the part, you know, on the team that signed him. But I think that um, in terms of that, we're not going to have to worry about having to sign and you know people overpriced because we don't have enough enough of a pull yet in order to be able to do that. I mean, the, and right. for me, the Sixers are what the Bucks used to be. They're a bottom feeder. They got draft picks. You know what I mean? And now they they've drafted a little bit of talent. They need to keep drafting talent. And then what's going to happen? You know, someone's going to hit the market. They're going to sign a Greg Monroe. You know what I mean? It's going to be something like that where it's just like. You know, you gotta you gotta impress a lot of these free agents out there. Just like you know what, this team is on the come up. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, think about what the Bobcats slash Hornets now. You know, think about what they used to be. You know what I mean? They they That's they had the talent. They were bottom feeders forever. You know, and then what happened? They they signed a they signed a good guy. You know what I mean? Al Jefferson. They, so, I mean, you guys they rushed. Well, they didn't. I don't I don't know if they rushed, but I think that sometimes you just gotta. Sometimes you do gotta take a chance. You gotta. It's better to. Feed from the middle than it is to feed from the lower quartile. You know what I mean? Because you can. Yeah, I mean, Big Al did middle. get him right, and Big Al did help him get into the playoffs that one year. I think Steve Clifford's first year, Big Al helped him right. get to the playoffs that first year. So. Right. You're and right. And, and and he's not, you know, he's not as popular as he used to be, but he's no pushover. Right. Al Jefferson is is the man. You know what I mean? He's, you know, I'm, it's crazy how he's never made an All Star team. Like he's yeah, the guy. And what always upsets me about like the whole Al Jefferson thing is that that is the direct, that is the direct comparison I made to Okafor, and people thought people take that as an insult. I'm like, that's what Okafor is. He's young that's Al Jefferson. That's fans that don't watch that's basketball. That's fans that don't watch the NBA. 
that's that's what it is when you say that. They yeah, get offensive that is what it is. Because they don't watch because they don't and, watch the NBA like that. Anyone who knows the NBA knows that Al Jefferson, in his prime, is a beast on the block. Was really okay? good. It, it, for a while, it was him and Zach Randolph. They were bullies on the block. That's that's exactly what they were the whole time. Post game bullies. That's what they were. And I mean, we already know Okafor has a mean streak. I mean, look what happened to him in Boston. Sorry, too soon. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, Sorry, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. What happened? I blacked listen, out for a man. second. What happened? Listen, listen, man. If if, if you get a heckle as as a nineteen year old in the club after you just lost, I mean uh, I mean, you you might have you might you might have you might have to lay a haymaker. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I mean, Okafor has lost more games here with the Sixers than he's lost in his entire life. That would oh, yeah. pretty much. That would have an effect on me. I mean, think he's about it. He's probably thinking, can I go back to Duke? Like, yeah, right. I mean, what, how many games did he lose at Duke? Like five? You know what I mean? He lost yeah, that in the that first week deep. here with the Sixers. And that's his whole college yeah. career. Like, go back to high school, he lost like three games. Go back to middle school, he probably lost like five more games. I mean, they're eight and forty-five right now. Like he's never he lost, lost as much of his whole life. He hasn't probably, he's probably I, I never he, lost as many pickup games. I think he lost five games in the summer league two this year. So I mean, yeah, it's been, uh... yeah, yeah them, man, them, L's them, L's guys, them L's are piling up, Julio. You gotta get used to it, homie. <laughs> oh man, oh man. But I just oh, don't want, God. I just don't want him to make that one signing that makes no sense and tampers the team. You know, that's what I don't want. That's the only thing that I don't want out of this offseason. It's not like we don't have the money because we do, you know. We're constantly hitting the cap floor. Uh, Oh, we definitely got the fat stacks. Like, we will be making a rain on some free agents next offseason. That's going to be happening. I don't Sam think we will. Just, I don't think no one wants to come here yet, to be honest. Sam Hink is just going to walk into clients' houses. He's just going to be making it rain with, like, Benjamin, just, like, all over him. It's going to be amazing. I kind of want to get that on Snapchat, by the way. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. This has, been a, this has been a good podcast. We went from Angela started off about Jersey Shore. To flavor of love, I love New York. I mean, rock of love. We just totally went from that to Sixers, Okafor laying out haymakers in Boston. I mean, the Sam Hinkie making it rain in the Snapchat reference. Wow. Hey, yeah, man. <laughs> I think we covered all bases tonight. We did. I agree. We did. <laughs> We did a great we did a great job with that. Did a great job with that. So that's probably that's pretty much gonna wrap it up tonight. Forty five minute under a little bit under forty five minute pie here on the Total Football Podcast. But everybody, thanks again uh for tuning in when you check this out. Uh like I said before, you can check out the podcast if you missed it on blogtalkradio.com backslash total sports live. Or you can check it out on the TuneIn Radio app. Yes, folks, we're on the TuneIn Radio app. Go on the iTunes store or the Google Play Store right now, or when you, well, when you listen to this, obviously. <laughs> Go <Yeah>. on there. <laughs> had, to, had, to, had to check myself. When you, when you listen to it, download it right there. Search the TSL podcast on there. Give us a follow. We really appreciate it. We're on there with so many other great podcasts, some sports, so many great sports podcasts. It's ridiculous how much uh, stuff is on the TuneIn Radio app. It's, been a, it's a great thing, great thing. Uh, quick promo. Hopefully we get sponsored by them one day. 
just throwing a quick promo out there for them. Um, that's going to wrap it up. Like I said, uh, make, <laughs> make sure you follow me on Twitter at Joe10. Follow Angela on Twitter at AngeMontone. Follow Adio on Twitter at Adio. Be Royster. I'm so mad that we didn't talk about the slam dunk contest. Darn, we should have talked about that. I mean, what us. else is there to say? There's nothing else to say. Just like, guys, what we say will not do it justice. Just go to vine.com backslash NBA on TNT. That's all you got to do. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. And yep. follow Jalil on Twitter at Jalil Phillips. Follow Total Sports Live at Total Sports Live on Twitter. Like the Facebook page. Check out TotalSportsLive.com for his podcast. And more content. Sixers are back in action Friday night at New Orleans to take on Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. Should be a great game. Hopefully the Sixers come out with a victory. We'll see what happens. You don't know any given night with the Sixers. But that's going to wrap it up. Everybody have a good night, and we'll talk to you guys hopefully sometime later this week or next Sunday where we'll be talking about something else different. Who knows? That's Total First Live Podcast where everybody have a good night, and we'll talk to you soon. Stay warm out. Stay, stay warm. You know, it's kind of cold outside, too. Stay warm. Given this was a given this was a Sixers podcast, confetti. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs>